0: Hello everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker. Nice to have you along with us and also nice to have our successful ladies hockey team co-captains and coach Erin Christie and Cornita Bobs and coach Giles Bonnet. First of all, to all three of you and to everybody listening, congratulations uh, ladies for an outstanding job and vive la France, we're off to Paris.
1: Thank you so much, yeah, we're really excited. (laughs)
0: So let's start off, uh, Giles, we've heard from the ladies, we've given them a chance to say thank you and, and, and congratulate them. Uh, you must be really proud of the achievements of the girls.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, um, you know, going into these qualifiers, you, you're never sure how it's going to work out. And, um, you know, you, you, you're hoping that you're going to get the ticket. But um, I think that it was the way that we we played that was that was really pleasing for us um not just in the control that we put out but in the performance itself. And I think that that was great to see that there was a, a huge gap between ourselves and, and the other teams in Africa and that's what we had hoped for. Um and that I think bodes well for our team and our sort of ambitions, you know, moving forward.
0: Erin, it must be great to hear the coach talk so highly of the way you guys played. Um and I know the competition might not necessarily have been the strongest, but you still had to go out there and do the job, didn't you?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, you know, we, we had an aim and that was to stamp our dominance as the champions of Africa. And um, I think we did that throughout the tournament and uh, we wanted to make sure that we secured that ticket to Paris, but also wanted to focus on ourselves and our process and make sure that no matter which opposition we're playing, we, we still are performing. And I think um, in moments we definitely did that. So, yeah, I think we're super happy with, with the week.
0: Cornita, Erin speaks about the processes. Tell us a bit about which processes that she's talking about.
3: Um, Well, first of all, uh, the first step in our process was to secure a ticket to Paris, and we did that, I think. Um, like Charles said, we really want to show our dominance, um, at the tournament to show the gap between us and the rest of Africa. And I think the type of hockey we, we played, we were really trying to build an exciting brand of hockey. And that's, and that's part of the process. And we did that at Africa Cup, um, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, Erin and I, we were really trying to establish a high performance, um, culture, a team that believes in themselves, um, but also can express their individual like strengths um, within the group. And yeah, it's it's been, I mean, Africa was a true testament to um, what we're trying to do.
0: Let's talk about the final competitor, if we may. I mean, it was a comprehensive victory over Nigeria. Um, yes. But getting the job done was the most important thing, wasn't it? And you guys got off to an excellent start.
3: Exactly. Uh, before the game, uh, we said we wanted to win the game in the first quarter and that's exactly what we did. Uh, we tried to, we wanted to score, uh, goals in the first quarter to make sure that the game is settled so we can just focus on controlling the game. And yeah, I'm so happy that we scored, uh, I think three goals in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that just, you know, set the tone and put everyone, um, at ease and we could just play exciting hockey.
0: Erin, were you surprised at the weather conditions for the first couple of days? I mean, Pretoria turned into kind of like winter in Europe.
1: Yeah, I know. We we had it all in Pretoria. I think the first couple of days we were there, we arrived before the tournament began. And it was very, very hot. And, you know, we, we all went out and bought sun cream and made sure we were prepared. And then the tournament started and there was a, a complete flip in, in the weather. And we were wearing big jackets and uh, rain and, you know, stuck indoors and and then towards the towards the weekend again it it started showing off with the beautiful weather and the extreme heat so yeah we really experienced it all there in Pretoria um but uh so it was still great to to be able to have a a home tournament.
0: Charles, when you when you look back at an event in hindsight it's a perfect science and the results of course were fantastic and we've qualified uh to go to Paris but are there any bits and pieces that you look at now after the tournament and you go, we could have perhaps changed this or we could have done this slightly differently?
2: I think it's 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 hard at the moment to look at that. I think the, you know, again, just to touch back on the, on the question to Quinita about just the processes. I mean, we, we're changing the style of play. We want to play on speed. We want to play in, with combinations. Um, and I think to largely those those details we did um, and it 's difficult against the unorthodox teams that we played against um so we ticked a lot of boxes I think, in terms of the structures that we 're trying to put in place. The structures are our structures not just uh, playing in afcon um but also what we will be doing going forward um There were some qualifying um structures that we put in place um that we will modify slightly, that is just uh, the counter cover to make sure that we didn 't take any goals at this particular event um, and just played uh, more more control so no i think I think we're probably you know looking back on it, maybe we would have taken um, a little bit longer on the last day and not left mm-hmm. um so early in the morning and uh, been able to relax and enjoy it and spend a little bit more time. Up in Pretoria um, uh, to uh, have some uh, media coverage the next day. So if we were to do it again, I think that would be something that I think is um, is something to consider, not just for our team, but I think for for South African hockey actually, uh, where one can actually spend a day and uh, and look at the planning post that, but also just spend time with with media. Um, I think that's something good to to consider in the future. Um, but no, I think when we look back at it, I think we our preparation was excellent um, and I think our planning going into the tournament uh worked very well for us in the two camps that we had in the preparation games, so I wouldn't change too much um uh what which took place, it's probably
0: the only thing <laughs> if we could have changed it would have been the weather, actually, yeah, in those um, two days, yeah, Charles, this must honestly, I don't mean this is a negative comment, and I think you'll understand what I'm trying to get at. Great that we've qualified, but we're not going to come up against the same kind of opposition if we go to Paris. I mean, the, the strength of the teams that you're going to play there is going to be of a much higher standard, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Um, we must probably will go into into Paris as the, the lowest ranked team, just in terms of, of where the the rankings sit at the moment um however i think in terms of those rankings um currently i think we are able to compete with most teams right about from four five out, out to where we sit um you know i think it's interesting status you know in the past South african teams have won by the odd goal at afcon over the last 20 years and if we look at the semi-final and the final the team won seven and nine nil so this particular team has put a lot of distance between themselves and and the other African teams, which has not happened previously ever, and that's a massive statement. So and that is with a young combination of schoolgirls and some senior players. So this team is not yet where they can be. So I think, you know, that needs to be taken in the context of the development of this particular group of players, and I include. Not just the players that are in AFCON, but the, the bigger 30 player squad that exists. Um, so in that context, um, I think we are not worried about, um, the next level up, um, in terms of the teams that we will play. Uh, if I go back in 2010, 2014, um, Quinita, Aaron were in, in and around that group. We played Belgium. We beat Belgium consistently. We played India. We beat them. India is six in the world. Belgium is number four in the world, and we were beating those teams consistently. So it is. There is no reason why we
0: will be unable to beat them again. Quantita, talk to us a little bit about the mix that Giles talks about, or if I may say, youth and experience in the side.
3: Yes, we have a very diverse. Group, um, with different ages, um, like Tal says, we have three school girls, um, which is, I think, the first time I've ever had three school girls in, in the squad. Um, very, very talented school girls, one in matric and I think the other two in, um, grade 11. So we do have a, a young, the rest of the team is pretty much made up of, um, university students. And then you get the, the three oldies in myself, Erin and, and, Celia, um, bringing up the experience. But honestly, um, I think the system and that Giles is trying to implement, um, really allows these players to thrive at such a young age. Um, he allows them to like play with freedom, express themselves on the field. And I think it's really showcased now in Africa and previously, um, what they can do. Um, but it's a very exciting group, very talented, ambitious young group of players.
0: Erin, about these young school girls, I mean, clearly there's a lot of development for them in terms of their physicality and their strength and their fitness. But, I mean, it sounds like uh, these young girls are actually showing great maturity.
1: Definitely. I think um, you talk about the the development that they, they have. But, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that they, they're giving a lot of our older players a run for their money in terms of a lot of those aspects that you mentioned um and it's really exciting it's really exciting for us to see the talent that is coming through and also you know Giles giving them an opportunity to compete um at the highest level in south africa and I think um they've they've more than stood on their own two feet and um I think they've added added a level of competition um which has obviously forced the rest of the group to also pull up their socks so it's been fantastic to have them with us. And um, Juanita mentioned the three school girls, but um, yeah, three really mature uh, school girls who have added a lot of value to our process so far.
0: Charles, it's it's difficult being an announcer like I am trying to juggle between three people on an interview. What's it like for you trying to juggle between two captains? Yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's actually quite easy. I, d- I don't really see that as being two captains. We have a fantastic culture. Uh, Just listening to you ask the questions and people, you know, know, Erin and Quinita talking, it's really not about the youngsters. I think it's about the culture of the team. And that culture of the team comes out of the leadership group. And, uh, you know, Erin and Quinita are, you know, two captains, but actually one. Um, and there's a group of leaders that, um, you know, that are with them, uh, together, um, following them and, uh, taking their lead. So I think the culture in the team allows for the young players to express themselves and to play in confidence. And I think part of the success, um, is exactly that. So the culture is the most important, um, element, um, that I see, uh, that's changed over this last, uh, sort of 12 to 18 months. Um, which which allows players to come into a safe environment to to express themselves. And I think, you know, a lot of the credit goes to to both Aaron and Quinita and to to the other leaders in the group. And everybody has a voice that stands up, but there are certain behavioral um, uh, values that stand fast. Aaron and Quinita are still developing that. And I think that is really the
0: success of this team. Um, and that's in process as well. Aaron, I'll, I'll ask this to you and then Quinita can answer it as well. I mean, this has been... One of the most magnificent years for South African women's sport with the success of the T20 competition, the girls getting to the final at Newlands, having the Netball World Cup here, performances, uh, the ladies at the soccer World Cup, female sport and lady sport is riding, excuse the pun, that's not a hockey term, but riding the crest of a wave. What's changed over the last couple of years, do you think?
1: I think for me is that um, the talent's always been here, but I think, South African sportswomen are finally getting getting a chance. Um, and the exposure that's being put in place and, you know, the drive that has come over the last couple of years, I mean, we are seeing the fruits of that. Um, you know, talent in South Africa, I mean, we look at all of our sports. We are a talented sporting nation. Um, it's just how that talent is developed and and how it's nurtured. And I think um, the success of the, the, the sportswomen in South Africa is purely due to the support, what has come about over the last couple of years. And, you know, people are paying attention. People are paying attention to see what sportswomen in South Africa can do. And, I, you know, myself and Kwanita and the rest of the South African women's hockey team, we want to put our hands up too. And that's, and that's what this is all about. We also want to inspire South Africa and make South Africa proud. So we've been extremely inspired by the other sportswomen in South Africa, and um, we're hoping that we can do the same.
0: And your thoughts, Kwanita?
3: Yeah just touching on that I think um the recent exposure of women's sport in South Africa is definitely a testament to the perseverance the resilience and the talent that South African sportswomen women have and I it's amazing that um and I I feel almost like privileged and a sense of gratitude that I am a woman in sport and I'm able to influence the young girls um, in sport and I think it's a testament to our perseverance and resilience over time. And it's finally good to see that we're getting the exposure uh, we deserve in, um, you know, people are talking about women in sport and, and it's all over the media, which is amazing to see.
0: So, Giles, back to you. Obviously, success of the ladies, all the sports that I've mentioned, that doesn't really help unless uh, corporates come to the party, and sponsorship obviously is absolutely the key. I mean, you talk about girls that are at university and at school. I mean, professional hockey players around the world are earning a living playing hockey. It doesn't really sound like we are at that level yet. How do we get corporates involved, and are there any sort of hovering around looking to get involved?
2: No, absolutely. The, the key is funding for us, the, uh, funding to time on task, to spend time together. Um, you know, I don't think the players are looking to make money out of the sport, that all they want is to be able to spend time to perfect their craft and to become the best version of themselves and to represent their country the olympics um in a way that uh, can do everybody proud and to can show the world that um we don't need to just participate but actually we can get out there and uh, and perform and and to do that we we do need funding so yeah it would be great if uh, there are corporates that uh that would be interested in um you know in considering the next six month journey of of this particular talentful team uh, that is able to to perform and who knows you know reach a quarterfinals and uh and creates uh, an amazing upset. I think it has the uh, mentality to do that. It has the physicality and it has the ambition. So they will move on and on their own bat and uh, give up their time and commitment to, to do that. But it would be a lot easier if uh, there was, was support from, uh, from corporate South Africa.
0: It would obviously make your job a whole lot easier if you were able to say to the girls, right, here's three months or six months. We'll look after you going into the Olympics in Paris. This is what we're going to do. Kind of put them in a camp and really groom them to perform for a medal at the Olympics. Is that a possibility or am I just living in a dream world in South Africa?
2: I think from the player's perspective, I think you probably would find
0: outside of it's probably about
2: 15% of the players who, you know, still restricted in terms of university commitments. Most of the players would sacrifice time to give their, their time up for, for that particular endeavor if that opportunity was there. Um, and it would be fascinating to see the difference in terms of a comparison between the other countries that are full-time athletes that only go home two weeks of a year. Um, and that are sitting in the top 10 if South Africa was given four or five months opportunity to become full-time, I think uh, we would be world beaters. And that's always been, um, you know, I've worked in in those countries that are full-time. And um, there's no doubt in my mind that if South Africa ever moved into that environment, uh, we would challenge for
0: medals, um, without a doubt. I know that it's difficult to answer this question, perhaps maybe it's not difficult. I mean, Erin and Kunita are on the call with us. Uh, you've coached around the world, as you say. You've coached the men's hockey team, the ladies hockey team. How good is this team compared to other teams, particularly ladies teams that you've coached? It's it's all about the potential that this team
2: has, and uh, and again, I must I must include the bigger group because we have a, a squad of thirty players. So not everybody was at Afcon, and obviously, we the public only saw the players that were there. Um, it is a talentful team, and I think that by um, compare it, it's very difficult because we're coming from from way behind um, the other teams at the moment who have full-time programs. Um, and in the discussions with uh, my technical staff, it's really about time on task, and we see that. you know We, we had a back-to-back uh, Chile and Korea uh, tour, and we saw that against in the second series when we played in Korea did phenomenally well we beat Korea uh, ranked just almost in the top 10 um the same here where we had two back-to-back events and we came into AFCON and suddenly we you know we were putting teams away by seven ten goals nine goals um and we were getting into some fluidity so it's just it's the time that you spend together it's the small details um and the more time we spend together the, the better this team will become and um and so I'm not quite sure what the ceiling is actually. And I think that's really, the, that's the question, but wow. you know, if we were to spend, you know, to, you know 10 days, which is the aim, 10 days out of every three weeks together between now and, and July. I think this team could compete in the corner finals in Paris without a doubt.
0: Erin, I'm going to start with you. Um, I know it's just a couple of days or so ago that you've qualified, but, Faster, higher, stronger together. Citius, altius, fortius, communita. Are there goosebumps that you gained to the Olympics?
1: Of course. I mean, if we weren't excited and passionate about the fact that we've booked our tickets for Paris, then I don't think we would have been on that field. Um, you know, we are a passionate group of young women in South Africa, and we set our minds to the task in, of, number one, qualifying. And, and when we we did qualify, I mean – there is just so much excitement. Um, you know, for us, it, it, it now, you know, we, we have that exciting feeling and, and that elation, but there will be come a point where, you know, we now put that aside. We've ticked that box and, and we set our sights now on Paris and what we need to do to get there. Um, this is just part one in our journey. And I think we're, we're all on the same page. Um, part one was to, to qualify for the Paris Olympics and part two is to make sure that we can go there and and compete on the biggest international sporting stage um, and, and, you know, show the world what we can do. And I think um, there's a lot of excitement. And, and uh, 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 once that excitement settles, then the focus will be on the hard work that needs to go in over the next couple of months.
0: Kudita, so you're part of a team. You talk about the uh, amazing camaraderie that you've got. You know Are you kind of like aware of the fact that you're now going to be part of a much bigger team, Team South Africa, yeah. marching into a stadium, watching our flag being risen, hearing the crowd scream for you. That must be a dream come true.
3: No, definitely. It is um, very exciting, like Erin said, to have qualified for the Olympic Games. I mean, it's all well, athlete's dream to compete at the highest level. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. I think like Aaron said, the hard work actually starts now. Um, there's still well, a couple of months to go till Paris. And I think the potential of this team is massive. And I just hope we can have the best preparation in order for us to, when we get there, compete at the highest level and, to, you know, cause some upset. Um, but yeah, I'm just very excited. Um, hopefully, um, a lot of us will be there in Paris and yeah, I'm just, yeah, the hard work starts now. I think it's important that that we take this, we stay present, don't think about it too much, just um, focus on the, the work that needs to be done.
0: Charles, what have you got planned for the team going forward? Uh, any uh, big events, big matches that are coming up, not necessarily in the next couple of weeks, I guess they're having a bit of a rest, but uh, heading towards uh, Paris 2020? Actually, we we play Germany, in, in fact, at the end of this month
2: in November. So that's going to be a nice test too, just to just evaluate where we are. So that's, um, those are two games, 24, 26 of November. Um, and that'll be nice just to, just to lock ourselves in in terms of where the gaps are. Um, and, uh, we want to play 43 games coming up in uh, 224 so um that's our aim and uh, we have a, a schedule of, of international teams that we've contacted to come out to south africa and we've got one or two tours that we've scheduled going out um in the build up so that's interventions every month um from january through to july um and then we have um an early departure if um we can arrange that through with sescoq to be based in uh, in belgium uh, we see Belgium as a major player um, in the Olympics and we want to be close there playing them, playing Holland, playing Germany, We're playing in the, in the main stadium as we arrive on the 25th of June. And uh, that gives us eight games before the Olympics, which is a very good um, a period of, of matches against top quality teams uh, prior to the Olympics. So 43 games is our aim. And that'll put us on an almost 100 games as an average for the team, which is what you
0: need if you want to compete. Charles before I let you go um if we may just touch on the men's uh, performance, they've also obviously qualified a lot more difficult than it was for the ladies, but again, a team that we hope will perform really well at the at the olympics
2: absolutely I mean, I think the men are further than us in my opinion I think it's a it's a it's a great team um I think that um that that game has always historically been tough against egypt. Um, and uh, I think they just showed their quality uh, winning that that game in the way that they did. And I and I'm absolutely certain that um, the South African men will will do particularly well as they ha- have done over the last couple of events um, at at the Olympics. Yes.
0: Okay. Last words to the two ladies, to the co-captains. Let's start with Cornita. The thoughts of the next uh, phase for you. I mean. Are you back doing your normal studying and so on? Or uh, is the thought process a little bit difficult to get back to doing that?
3: Yeah, I was actually just thinking, coming back from Africa, the fact that I have to go to the office the next day, it's a bit a bit of a damper. Um, but for me, it's uh, back to my usual routine here in Cape Town, um, just training, um, focusing on my training and focusing on, on doing a good job at work. And yeah, it's, it's, a tough being a hockey player in South Africa. You have to have a full time, uh, job at the same time, but it's all good. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, I'm just gonna be working for the rest of the year and hopefully maybe next year, you, you never know what, what will, um, happen. I think, yeah. I, I think that definitely the focus is um Paris and yeah, I'll see where that um where that takes me in my personal working life.
0: And last word for you, Erin, your plans?
1: Yeah, I think uh, obviously as Conita said, it's quite difficult to to be crowned champions of Africa and then have to <laughs> have to go to a normal work working job the next day. Um but that is the reality of, of where we're at. Um and uh yeah, I think I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a a bit more of a flexible working environment where I work from can be a bit flexible um, in in what I do. I hope my boss is not going to listen to this uh, podcast because I haven't really been doing too much this week. <laughs> Still coming down from winning the tournament and qualifying for Paris. Um, but yeah, our, our reality is you know we aren't professional and. Uh, Real life does kick in at a stage, but, um, yeah, we've still got that goal in the back of our minds. And we know that, uh, we want to work as hard as we possibly can to, to make South Africa proud of the Paris 24 Olympic game.
0: Well, I must be honest with you. The only thing I disagree about is I hope your boss is listening to this podcast because that's why we do it. Uh, co-captains Erin Christian, Quinita Bobbs, and coach Giles Bonnet, thank you so very much for your time once again. Congratulations, and vive la France. We'll see you on the fields at the Olympics. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. That's
0: tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Hope you've enjoyed it. Well done to our ladies. We will be following them with great anticipation going into and while they're at the Paris Olympics. That's tonight's show. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget tomorrow evening we will be previewing another fantastic sporting weekend in which we have the Cricket World Cup. We also have the last weekend before an international break in the Premier League as well as the big golf that's currently on at Sun City. We'll talk about that as well. That's tomorrow night. Until then and always be nice to each other.